Hi, welcome to the Acts Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. You know, would you turn with me to the first scripture of today? It's found in Luke chapter 38. Luke chapter 6, sorry, Luke chapter 6 verse 38. I think I just said Luke chapter 38. There's no such thing. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. And this is a scripture that we're familiar with. Maybe we even quote it or we hear it quoted, uh, especially during giving, during offering. But let's read. Uh, if, you, if you're there, can I hear a good amen? amen? Amen. If you're not there or you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. we got your back. Uh, we'll flash it up on the screen as well. Uh, but let's read together as a church. A gift and will be given to you, Jesus says. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The title of today's message is called Good Measure. And I want to talk to us about generosity. And don't worry, I'm not here because we need to raise funds. I thought this would be a good time. I believe in generosity and uh, being generous is such an amazing and powerful thing. Jesus says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And so when we learn to be generous, we are actually learning and trying and creating a life that, is, that God can bless and bless to the full. And I, it, I thought this would be a good time and the Holy Spirit led me to speak this message at this time so that nobody can accuse church of like, oh, they say because next week they're going to collect a fund. Next week, they're going to build a building. No, no, no. Uh, It's good to talk about generosity and uh, I want our hearts to be open. But I want us to also know that generosity is not just about money. Turn to your neighbour and say that we're not talking about money today. Turn to your neighbour and say, you know, maybe not everything about money, but money will be talked about today. But not all of it will be about money. Okay, is this getting confusing? Okay. Generosity, for those of you taking notes, means selfless giving. Or if you want to put it another way, it's called unselfish giving. And God wants us to be a generous church. And I'll explain it in a while, uh, why uh, it is so important uh, for us to be generous. Amen? So I've already talked about how generosity is not about money, but it's about giving. Giving of our time. Giving of our talents, giving of our words. When was the last time you unselfishly gave your time to someone? Or maybe you selflessly, you could have used that time for yourself, but you choose to have less of self and give that time to someone. You know, selflessly giving time to listen to someone's problem. Selflessly or unselfishly uh, giving Uh, words of encouragement. You're encouraging someone not because you want something back. Oh, that's a rich brother. Let me go and tell him he's very good looking today. So that maybe he'll buy me lunch. That's, That's not generosity. Amen? But God wants us to learn about generosity. Yes, it's about giving money, but it's so much more than that. It's about giving. Giving of no uh, words of encouragement, giving of our, you know, time, giving of our talent. But I want to give us at least three points today on why it is so important for us to, to master generosity. Are you ready? Point number one, 
Generosity is important. Important to God and important to us because it is a sign of repentance. Repentance. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. We are called Acts Church, not because it's a cool name, but because we want to be like the first church. The first church that the apostles created in the book of Acts, it was known for many things. And let's read on what they were known for. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or teaching or the Word of God and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul and many signs and wonders and wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favour with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved." And I'm not sure what your view of the first church is, but you know, whenever I think of the, the church in the book of Acts, uh, it's known to be really united. It's known to be fast-growing. First message, Peter preached, Pastor Peter. And 3,000 people got saved. 3,000. Wow. And then on top of that, Bible here says that, and they added on daily. The, the first church was known to be very faithful. Can you imagine? The other day, somebody asked me, you know, oh, why do we, you know, do homes, you know, every other week? And, and it's fine, you know, good questions, you know. Okay, but the first church did homes every day. So some of you will complain, oh man, it's homes again, it's prayer meeting again. And they met daily. That means daily they had to open up their house. Daily they had to cook. Daily they had to send RSVP. Are you coming? And back then there was no WhatsApp. For them to RSVP, they had to send pigeons, I don't know what, you know, or, or appear in person. You know, and they were known to be faithful. They were known to be fast-growing. They were known to be food, having signs and wonders. Amen? They were also known to be generous. But actually, all these things, and even though we're learning about generosity, all these things, I believe, came out of the most important thing that the early church was known for they were obedient. You see, when you follow Christ and you're obedient to Christ, you can't help but be faithful. An obedient church can't help but grow. Because when you obey Christ to go into the world, make disciples of men, you can't help but bring people to church every week. And for their case, every day, they open up their house. Every day, they ate together. Every day, they prayed together. Every day, they learned God's Word together. Every day, they fellowship together. Amen? When you obey God, you can't help but give. And so, while we are learning about generosity, why is generosity important? Because it is a sign of repentance. You see, when someone is set free from prison, there are different signs. Right? One of the signs is that clothes change. The other sign is that they are no longer in chains. Another sign is that their hairs grow out long because in prison you can't have long hair. Or so I've been told. I've never been to prison. One day I'll tell you. I mean, I'm just joking, joking. Okay, please, please. You're thinking, what does that mean? <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything dodgy. Don't worry. But the different signs of a person who's been set free. 
And for us as Christians, have you been set free? If your answer is yes, then generosity must be one of those signs. We never see someone who used to be a prisoner still walk around in prison guard. Hey, 24601, why are you still walking around with, with, with that, that thing, you know? Oh, because uh, I like it, you know, I like it. But you're set free. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your name? 24601. No, 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 your real name. No, no, 24601. Why? Because that's the name that I was known for in prison. Uh, no, but you've been set free. You, you don't need to go by 24601 anymore. Why are you still walking around in chains? In a ball and a chain? Oh, because it's, no, I'm used to it. Used to it? Amen? So generosity is one of the signs of someone who is repentant. So the question we've got to ask ourselves is, are we really saved? Who, if we struggle with generosity, the question is, are we truly saved? Because not only did the first church reflect this, let's go a little bit before that to Jesus' time. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. We know the story of Zacchaeus, the tax collector. And when Jesus went to his house, Jesus didn't even say like, oh, no, the kingdom of God is near, you got to repent, blah, 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 blah. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I want to eat with you. The very fact that a holy man will walk into Zacchaeus' house, Zacchaeus knew who he was. He knew that he was a sinner. He knew that he was maybe a tax collector who took too much. But the very fact that God would not reject him, but embrace him and, and sit down with him and break bread with him, changed his mind, caused him to repent. And when he repented, he didn't change his clothes. The first thing he did was he talked about money. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. You see, it was a fruit of repentance. He, Jesus came into his life, literally came into his life and he became generous. You see, it's easy to talk about generosity. The question is, do we have it? And sometimes we, we think it's an optional thing. Oh, it's not my gift. It's not a gift. Oh, giving's not my gift. Receiving is. Oh, okay. Ah. Take a picture of you and ban you from the hospitality corner. You know? <laughs> it's not a gift. It's not an option. It's a feature. It's a sign of someone who has been transformed by Christ. You see, Jesus, when He set people free, He wasn't just setting us free from, 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 from spiritual sin, but He wanted us to not only repent, but rebel from the world system. You see, money is the world system. And so, the question is, if we are only set free spiritually, but not set free from the power of money, are we really set free? The answer is no. You see, Jesus knew. He knew what they were talking about back then. They were always talking about money. Jesus, how much tax should we pay? Should we pay tithe only or should we pay to Caesar? You know, it was always tax collectors that were going around him. It was always asking him about money and Jesus also, because he knew that their mind was on money and money was on their mind, he used money as an example for many of his preaching. Talents that we learned a couple of weeks ago. What was Jesus trying to do? He's trying to set them free. You cannot serve God and serve mammon. You've got to choose one. So when you are repentant, you've got to change your lifestyle. Everything. Not just spiritually, all spiritually now. No, no, in every way. 
Amen? Because it's one of the signs. Recently, as I'm doing my quiet time, you know, God keeps leading me to scriptures about the goats and the lamb and the, 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 the weed and, the, and, and you know, the, the, the wheat and, and all these things that basically look like, they look like each other, but they are not alike. And God keeps leading me to scriptures that says, in the last days, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. And God began to say that you've got to teach my church what true repentance is. Because I, I don't want us to look like Christians, but don't make it. We look like, you know, a, 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 a tree, but actually we bear no fruit. Amen? We look like, you know, lambs and goats look alike, but they are not the same. And so God is saying that, do my, do my people have fruits of repentance? You know, have they been saved by me? If they're saved by me, they, they, every area of their life needs to change. Generosity needs to come out. Amen. So what does that leave us? If you're saying, oh, I don't know, no, oh, money is such a tricky thing. Pastor, don't talk about it. Don't, don't talk to me about it. Talk to God about it. And ask God, God set me free. God, it looks like I'm free, but there's this area. God set me free. Help me to see, Lord, that, that I, I need to be set free, not just from spiritually speaking, but also from the way this world thinks the way this world moves, everything, the world that we live in today, in fact, not just today, since Jesus' day, is dominated by money. And God says, I want to set you free, truly free, that your emotions are no longer powered by the share market. Your emotions are not powered by the economy. Your emotions and your freedom is powered by the simple truth that Jesus set us free. And because of that, we can rejoice when we're poor, we can rejoice when we're rich. And not just that, you know, we, we, we can become like the first church because again, generosity is not again about feeling, it's about obedience. It's about obedience. When Jesus says, love your neighbour as you would love yourself, a lot of times we look at, wow, the first church, radically generous, they were just radically obedient. They were just simply living out, oh, my neighbour has a need. So I'm just going to give. I'm just going to open up. I have an extra. My neighbor's shivering in the cold. I have an extra jacket that I don't wear. Here, neighbor, have my jacket. No, I, I, no, I have uh, extra rice. We have leftovers, uh, but my neighbor has nothing to eat. Come, neighbor, come. Let's share a meal together. What, what were they doing? Were they just being generous? No, they were being selfless, of course, but they were selfless in their obedience. Point number two, why is generosity important? Because it is part of God's character. Character. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, there's one thing you must understand is that God never gives us according to what we deserve. He overgives. When we pray for healing, God doesn't ask us, so uh, how do you want to be healed? He just heals us. Sometimes in ways where we don't quite understand. We think that God is going to heal us through medical science and He does, does that, but He chooses to heal us in the middle of worship and we're set free. Because God heals according to His character. Because it's like, I'm, I'm generous not because of your need, 
I'm generous because I am generous. I'm generous because, you know, and, and it's Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your needs according to what you need. No, according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. When you give to something because there is a need, that's called pity, not generosity. So if I stand in front of you and go like, church, uh, we're going to thinking of, you know, there's a very nice piece of real estate in central London. We're thinking of buying it so that we can use it for church and become a community centre, blah, 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 blah. But it costs, you know, 20 million pounds. So please find it in your heart to give. And then you, you just made, you know, you, somebody just blessed you with a Bitcoin recently. And so you just decide to cash it in and go like, yeah, pastor, no problem. Here you go. That's not generosity. That's just being pity. But when you give, not because of the need, but you give because of who you are, you reflect God. You know, um, Henry, you know, our cajonist today, he just flew back. So, you know, thanks Henry for serving. Uh, you know, just, I know you woke up 5 a.m. because of jet lag, but, you know, but actually to do quiet time, I know. Uh, and, uh, uh, and he came back and uh, he, of course, you know, he brought me a gift and said, oh, Pastor, by the way, this is a gift from uh, a, 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 a mutual friend. And, uh, and of course, uh, this friend recently, you know, we were joking because, you know, at least all over on my social media feed, you know, his uh, daughter, he just became a dad. His daughter just celebrated 100 days. You know, Chinese people, we celebrate hun babies 100 days, but it was really extravagant. It was really extravagant. There was like uh, bouncing castles and stuff like that and thinking the baby can't even bounce, but, you know, the adults are there bouncing up and down. And uh, everybody, you know, even people here, wow, did you see the party? Because, you know, I think Henry posted some on his social media. So people were asking me, oh, you know, have you seen uh, uh, the party? Wow, Pastor Sue is extravagant. And the only thing we could say is that that's him. That's, that's, that's him. You know, this guy's name is Joshua. That's Joshua. He never does anything small. That's him. What God is saying that generosity, it's him. And when, you, when God gives you, He doesn't give you according to what you need. He gives it according to, to Him, His nature, His generosity, His riches. And so if we are to become Christians, we need to reflect God's character. So the next time you give, don't give because of a need or lack of a need. I've heard this said to me before and I feel conflicted. Some people come to me and say, hey, pastor, you know, uh, uh, I don't come to your church. Here, you know. But can I tithe to your church? I actually go to another church. It's much more bigger. I'm like, what's, what's your point? What's your point, man? What's your point? And I go to another church, you know, so much more bigger, you know, sound and lights, the worship is amazing, you know. Wow, just, you know, I actually go there. But I don't think they need my tithe. So I feel like, whether I tithe or not in that church, it doesn't make a difference. Actually, it does. <laughs> it makes a difference to God. So can I tithe to your church, Pastor? Of course, you know, we will say, no, tithe belongs to your local church. So if you worship there, unless you worship with us, then tithe. Unless, otherwise, don't tithe because that's not, I don't want that. Because I don't want you to be giving. There's, there's no generosity there. There's no blessing there. In fact, that sowing becomes toxic. That's not a good seed. That's a poison seed. Because that's a, that's a pity seed. That's not a generous seed. That's you going like, oh, because there's a need here. I'm like, how dare you walk into my church and say there's a need here, no? 
my God will supply all my needs, okay? Not according to your bank account, but according to His riches in glory. You see, I don't want us to become Christians like that. Heart check. How many times have we been there before? Ooh, ouch. Oh, I forgot to go to the ATM today, but it's okay, right? You know, there's Justin in church. It's okay, right? They are more young. No, pastor always say they are more young adults already, so it's okay. No, that, that's wrong. Not only is that not generous, it's not part of God's character. And it shouldn't even be part of your character. Amen? See, how we, I want us to become Christians with, with good character. And generosity is such a powerful character trait. It will not only please God, but it will bring you far. And I want us to, to learn to give like how God gives. The next time you're offering back, don't go by, you know, net or gross. Go by, who am I? You know? Now you have an option. I'm just a broke student. And guess what? If you give according to your character, then you will become a broke student forever and ever. Amen. Pastor, what you pronounce curse on me? No, you are pronouncing the curse. But this is how you give by faith. I am just a student, but, 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 loved by God. And I can give. Even though I'm a student, I can give. Even though I don't make a lot, I can give. Because I don't give according to, you know, what? That's, you know, but I give because of who God is. And who He is has made me who I am. And I give according to that. Amen? Can we create a new generation of generous Christians? Christians who don't give and go like, I wonder what the pastor is using the money for. None of your business. Okay, sounds rough when I say that, you know. But it really is none of your business. Because we don't give according to, you know, our gift provided they show me all the accounts. Having said that, all our accounts are online, you can go see it. But don't, but don't even let that be your motivation. Give because you give unto God. You know, even if that church or that church leader, whatever, fails you, runs away with the money, do you know that your blessing doesn't run away? Because, but when you give according to the need, then the money runs away. But when we give according to you, I can't help it, I'm generous. I can't help it, I want to be generous. I can't help it, I'm a child of God, I'm blessed. So I'm going to give blessed. Amen? And again, I'm using money, but it, it translates to other things. This is why in Acts we believe this statement, giving God our best. We don't give according to what our skill is. We give according to, to who God is. And who He is reflects who I am and I can only give to God like how He is. That's why the worship team give God their best. Even though sometimes they might feel like their skill doesn't measure up, but they, they don't just worship God according to their skill. They worship God with their emotion, with their passion. They give God their best because that's who they are. Amen? Is this, right? I hope this is not flying over your head. Right? You guys always know sometimes say, you know, I hope pastor goes deeper. Then when he goes deeper, the whole church goes silent. <laughs> bring it back to shallow. Bring it back to shallow. Point number three. Be generous because it pleases God. There's a difference between love by God and God being pleased with us. You see, God is so good that He doesn't do anything less than love. So love 
even though the world to be loved is, wow, no, Shakespeare writes it, no? Better to have loved and lost than to have never have loved at all. Wow, really? Uh, no, you know, that statement has caused so many breakups. It caused so many counselling sessions. You know, every pastor hates that statement. William Shakespeare, you have, some, you have a lot to pay. <sighs> you know, why do you enter the relationship even though it's wrong for you? Because it's better to have loved. No! Anyway, the world elevates love. Good. Love is good. Love should be elevated. But for God, love is the very least He could do. In other words, don't live a Christian life just wanting to be loved by God. It's good to be loved by God, but being loved by God, it's basic. But God wants us to advance. God, I want us that when God looks at us, He goes like, that's my kid. Recently, I was walking my dog in the afternoon and, uh, you know, meeting the different neighbours and uh, there's this other uh, dog that comes by in the evening. It's a beautiful uh, Labrador. Uh, 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 you know, cute, you know, cuddly. And, uh, but the owners are these two little girls, two little school girls. And uh, it brings me joy because they look very cute. They always come after school and they, it's almost like their thing. You know, after school, the two sisters will walk the dog together and they'll come out and they'll wear like their rain boots. They just got this little, you know, they'll, they'll wear like their, their school like sweater and then they have rain boots and they'll be running and the dog will be galloping in front and kind of oversized. And the two girls will be pulling and they'll be chasing the dog around and their dog loves to play with my dog. So, so when they play, you know, the, the girls will chase and they love my dog and they pet her as well. And I kind of like got to talk to them and talk to their parents as well. Uh, and the two girls, very, uh, uh, very cute. Both are very cute. But there's one that I go, that's my kid. Why? Not because she's extra pretty or anything like that. Both are equally cute. But the reason why I go like, that one has my soft spot was because recently she came to me and then she asked me this question. We were both standing there, you know, and she's giggling, oh, look at the dog's go. And then she turns to me and go like, do you know Vincent Van Gogh? And I go like, uh, yeah, I heard of him. Yeah. I wonder if he has a dog. And I go like, what? And she looked at me like, does Vincent Van Gogh have a dog? And I go like, I don't know. Why do you ask? Then she's like, I don't know. We were learning about Vincent Van Gogh today in, in school because they go to an international school, you know. We're learning about Vincent Van Gogh today in the school. And the teacher asked, do you have any questions? And I don't know why. I just raised my hand and said, does he have a dog? And they looked at me and said, that's just me. And then I look and I go like, that's my kid. That's like, like that's, you are goofy like me, like, like, like that, that weird sense of humour, like we share it. Like, like, that's my kid. I wonder when God looks down at heaven and looks at all of us giving, will He look at us and go like, I love all because I so love the world that I gave my only son. But that's my kid. That kid makes me laugh in a good way. That kid brings a smile to my face. You see, one last scripture, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. Hebrews 13, 16 says this, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. 
In other words, there are some sacrifices that God is not pleased. Oh, that's a scary thought. Have you sacrificed? Right? Many times we go like, what are you doing? I'm sacrificing for Jesus. But then the Word of God says that not every sacrifice God is well pleased. Some sacrifices God will just go like, yeah, that's right. But then some sacrifices He'll go like, oh, that's my kid. And I pray that we will learn to embrace generosity. Because generosity, right? Selfless giving, unselfish giving. Do not forget to do good and to share. Talk about bringing things to shallow. This is how I will end with a very simple and shallow take-home point. Do you know it makes parents proud to see their children share? What more, our Father in heaven? It pleases Him. Right? I'm sure some of us, we, we have more than one sibling in the house and we all get along and, and when you share, when you take care and you share and the older one unselfishly gives to the younger one, the younger one unselfishly gives to the older one, uh, your parents are watching somewhere and they are smiling and they are saying, hey, those are my kids. When he doesn't do that, you know what the parents do? Hey, your kid, huh? You know? Already sometimes my, my wife does that. You know, when the dog is good, she'll be like, oh, my dog. The dog is not the, hey, guess what your dog did? I'll be like, oh, my dog. Hey, when we have kids, I think it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Generosity pleases God. Amen? And ultimately, when it pleases God, it comes one full circle to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it shall be given back to you. A good measure. A good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall be poured into your lap, into your bosom. For with the same measure, with the same generosity that you give, it shall be measured back to you. So friends, in everything that we do, be generous. In our giving, be generous. Can we be a generous church? Generous in, in encouragement? Yeah? Don't just go like, you know, oh, no, no, I, I don't really know that sister, none of my business, you know. I actually wanted to ask whether she's okay, but you know, somebody else will do it. Because you, you give according to the need, right? There's so-and-so around, so-and-so around. No, no, give according to who God is. Give according to your character. Can we be a generous church? When you see someone new, can you be generous? Generous in your, in your time, generous in your focus, generous in, you know, just staying there, talking, helping them. Amen. Church, can we be generous in giving the newcomers first dips on the food? Selflessly giving... I know some of you are hungry because the, the team, the team does so well, right? So big props up to our espresso team. They're so well. You know, we have cordon blue trained chefs and chefs to be. God is pleased. So they are being generous towards God, right? They're not saying that, oh, this is, you know, this is just a church. This is just Asian church, you know? Let's put some rice balls there, man. No, no, it's not about who we are, what we see. It's about who God is. And that's why, you know, 
things like feta comes out. I'm like, feta, what's that? If you eat it, it should become feta. Feta. Raspberry cheesecake. I'm reading the sign in the back. I actually can't see. What's, oh, 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 bruschetta. Sorry, sorry. I was like, what's that word? <laughs> need to go for an eye check. But let's be generous. Amen? Let's be a generous church because ultimately, it's God's character. Ultimately, it's a sign, very obvious sign of repentance. And it pleases God. Amen? Character, generosity. Character of God, generosity is pleasing to God. Generosity is a sign of repentance. Character, pleasing, repentance. C-P-R. C-P-R. Remember that. Amen? And let's be generous. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you are good God. And you are generous. Lord, your word says that you so love the world that you gave your only son. That who should ever should believe in him shall not perish, but receive eternal life. You are generous, generous, generous. So God, as your followers, we want to be like that. We want to be like that, God. Lord, we want to be like that. So God, help us, Lord. Lord, if Jesus, Lord Jesus, the moment you step into Zacchaeus' life, bam, generosity. The moment the first church started, bam, generosity. God, we want to be generous. But more than that, we want to be obedient. Because that's actually where generosity comes from. Radical obedience produces radical generosity. But God, help us to also remember that this, if we are now saved by you, then we need to become more like you. And if you are generous by nature, generous according to your character, then Lord, let generosity be part of our character. That when people meet us, they go like, wow, that person is kind. That person, you know, he gives time. That person is selfless, unselfish. What's that, friends? That's generosity. Generosity. But let our generosity not just be about church. Let our generosity not just be about our own social life and doing nice things to people we love. For Jesus says, if, if we love those who love us back, what, what, what good is that? Is that's, that's no proof of salvation. Proof of salvation is when we love those who are different, those who are broken, those who can never pay us back. And so as we become a generous church, I pray that we will also be generous in doing good, generous to volunteer our time for causes that matter, generous in giving. Maybe what we can do as individuals, as believers, let's start taking ownership of our street. Like wherever you work, if the street's nearby, there's some people in need. Why don't you take ownership of that and go like, I'm, I might not be able to help the whole city, but I will help those on my street. Near where you live, Father, people who are doing worse than you, maybe you're not able to solve all the world's problems, but let it start from your household. Let it start from your street. Let it start from your street. Lord, we thank you. Help us, Lord, to be pleasing to you. Help us, Lord, to be generous. Help us, Lord, to reflect your character and your glory. Help us, Lord, to produce fruit according to our repentance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, 
Why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.